Welcome to Garage Logic Podcast number 38, November 5, 2018. It was as cold as three degrees on this day in 1951 and as warm as 72 degrees in 1978. We are uh, brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware Stores. And now, from the mayor's office, above the boathouse, on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the Newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your Flashlight King, Fireworks Commissioner, and Keeper of Common Sense, your Mayor, Joe Souchere. Big day tomorrow, huh? Woohoo! That's when I vote. I vote on voting day. Yeah. I don't wait. I don't go early. I'm with you. And I'm excited because I have people that might actually win. Can I share a really quick funny story about that? Is it sure. town ball or no? No, it's not town ball related. Okay. Although I have a town ball story if you nope. want it. No. Um, so this morning I'm walking the kid to school. And I live about a block away from a, a decently traveled highway. And uh, <laughs> one of the candidates for mayor was standing on the corner <laughs> With the vote for, you know, vote for me, it had her name on it, but she's spinning the sign like she was outside of a mattress store. Wow. <laughs> well, that's a little odd. <laughs> Only four days to go. Right. Right. Please vote for me. <laughs> Here we are. <clears throat> Some of those big races are a lot closer than we think, though. Like Carver. Mike writes, not sure if this works into the mystery at all, but I have... I have reset my personal click counter back to zero, and tomorrow, meaning election day, I shall begin my personal count of how many I voted stickers I see. Oh, God. It always amazes me how many people feel the need to display their I voted sticker akin to a child earning a gold star or something. You exercise your right to vote? That's great. I guess people feel the need to somehow flaunt their voting achievement and get public recognition for it. Makes them feel good about themselves, I suppose. Loving the podcast. Never miss an episode. All the best to you and the crew, Mike Fenske in Rochester, Minnesota. I've never thought ill of the sticker. I I, I don't know if I share his sentiment. I can't. I cannot tie that to the mystery. Do you wear the sticker? No, I'm not a wearer, it's... but I'll take one. And I, I understand the spirit in which they're... Uh, uh, handed out. I think tomorrow, depending on how it goes for the people I vote for, I'm going to put my sticker right here. Right. <laughs> I get sheepish. I put it on, and then by two in the afternoon, I, I pull it off. Yeah, I enough feel, bragging. I, I yeah. feel like eh, yes, I, I, I exercise. Well, it's it's like ashes on Ash Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How long do you leave them up? Right. You know. Hey, I, you went to the church, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Haven't showered yet this week. Right. right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're giving out ashes on Friday too. Is that right? Uh, offsite correspondent Downing notes, you lamented that there is no longer anything like baseball to unify the people of America. That's not the only unifier that we're losing. The left likes to claim that Trump is dividing the country. And that's interesting because the left can't get enough of tearing down the ways that the country used to be unified as one people. For example, coming together as a community at the polls on Election Day. The left is doing all they can to make voting more individual and less unifying. Early voting, no excuse absentee voting, many even want online voting. Standing together at attention for the Star-Spangled Banner and our common flag. The left says, whatever, don't tell me what to do, take a knee. Three, we've always said whatever the outcome of the election that the nation comes together and accepts the result. Not anymore. Now the left says, resist. Who's tearing the country apart? I think the left is hell-bent on doing just that. That's nice a great point. Yeah. yeah. Here, here. You now, know what we could add, though? Huh. Fireworks in St. Paul. 
Got rid of that. Right? We got yeah, they're, they're a unifier, aren't they? It was up there for a while. It was up there for a while. Holy cow, I was sweating. The coin was <laughs> the flipping as we, <laughs> we caught worried, him. We oh, caught him before they hit the ground. I was like, stop it. God, oh, is it that dog? Oh, midway, I saw you hit the oh, reverse no. thrusters. <laughs> See the panic in his yeah. eyes. <laughs> now, Downing mentioned uh, that we have brought up baseball. John Height was not here. Uh, John, on Friday, uh, I went... Uh, Seriously down the Garage Logic service road of life and lamented the idea uh, that baseball uh, clearly was a, was a unifying factor or phenomenon in American life. Mm-hmm. And I noted this because uh, I, we just learned Friday, in your absence, we were reading that the World Series was the fourth least, uh, least viewed yeah. series uh, since the advent of television. And uh, that concerns me because I, I do see... Uh, baseball uh, losing its influence as a as a unifying presence in America. Yeah, I would agree with that. Well, yeah. lo and behold, uh, uh, Keith writes, after hearing you and Reavers discuss your love for baseball and your observation that it once was a shared American experience, my brain made the jump to me remembering that I once heard that baseball tre- teams and stats were used as signs and countersigns to identify GIs from the Germans in the European theater. Mm-hmm. I thought that was more well-known, but I finally found a reference to this practice, and he linked me to a piece in the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Uh, arm, armed... American armed forces have fought in 85 of 194 other nations. Over the course of this amazing history, filled as it is with heroic liberations and a few tragic blunders, Americans have had one undeniable achievement. We have exported the game of baseball around much of the world. And the spread of American baseball imperialism got off to a very early start. Abner Doubleday, the legendary inventor of baseball, served in the Army's 1st Regiment of Artillery during the Mexican-American War from 1846 to 1848. American soldiers have taken baseball with them on campaigns to some of the remote corners of the earth. Uh, and a, display, uh, a visitor to the battleship Texas near Houston will find a poignant reminder of the cost of American baseball imperialism. And in a display case are a baseball, an old glove, and a photo from a game played April 15, 1936, on a Pacific island between the crew members of the Texas and the ill-fated Arizona. Uh, By the time World War II broke out, baseball was firmly ingrained in the national consciousness. Uh, And that goes on to list all the famous players. But do you remember the scenes from movies where where the GIs would uh, identify a, a, a friendly or an enemy by asking them, yeah. About the Brooklyn Dodgers, for oh, example. Yes, yes. Well, that actually happened. In other words, what I'm being offered here is a corroboration of my belief that not only was baseball an American unifier, it was used by the military to help identify the enemy. Wow. Uh, in Operation Torch, the 1942 invasion of North Africa, American troops used challenge and countersign. Brooklyn, Dodgers. Brooklyn, Dodgers. Later, sentries would bark the password challenge, three, and they had to be answered with the countersign, strikes. After the victory over Germany was finally won, Americans celebrated by playing baseball in occupied Europe. Uh, what else does this say? Three, Stooges. Oh, oh dang oh, it, dang it. Damn it. You're, you you're not... door opens. You're gone. You're gone. <laughs> you're shot. So it's true that uh, baseball was used uh by the military. That's how unifying it was. We've come a long way, huh? Well, uh, 
it's it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, uh, observance that uh, what in the hell is unifying right now? What is a unifying phenomenon? Honestly, you know what it is? Huh? Anger. I guess. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be angry. Yeah, that's a really good point. Earlier, the emailer that said uh, voting is supposed to bring us, that's the one thing that should bring us all together, and that's been ruined. Yeah, I don't resist uh, every time uh, someone I don't vote for wins. No, you're used you, to it just, by now. Yeah, sure. right. You're, especially where you live. <laughs> rarely had a victory. Rarely had a victory. And I won't be upset based on what happens tomorrow. No. no whoever wins, that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But we're getting away from that. We're getting away from the idea that... Uh, <clears throat> How many Republicans said... We're getting away from the idea that there we had shared common experiences. You know, the amazing statistic about the percentage of households that watched I Love Lucy. Again, not because I Love Lucy was a, a deep, deeply credible content about anything. Right. It was just funny, and Americans watched it together. Uh, Sears and Wards uh, were shared American experiences. Baseball. And that's the one we've been focused on lately because I fear for the game, Johnny Height. I fear for yeah. it. We had to, we had referenced last week. I know Joe mentioned earlier, but uh, you know before television, everybody's sitting on the corner listening to the World yeah. Series games, which were played in the afternoons, right. and right. that was you know countrywide. Mm-hmm. And I, now, for sure, that's not the case. I, one other thing that sort of is related to that, mm-hmm. uh, because I am a baseball geek, mm-hmm. I have purchased uh, some. World Series games from the 50s as they were telecast. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's only a few that exist. And the only reason they exist, uh, kinescopes were made of them mm-hmm. to be sent to U.S. servicemen overseas so that they, they could watch game one of the 1957 World Series. Mm-hmm. And those, uh, most of them didn't uh, stick around. They all were lost or whatever. Uh, but they saved, I think, four or five games from the 50s. And that's those are the oldest baseball games wow. that are in existence. <clears throat> How's that video quality? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, well, the video quality is fine, but the uh, let's just say production, television production, sure, has yeah. upped its game a bit since then. <laughs> We're taking a step. No, it sounds fine. Every, everything's fine. It's just you have two or three cameras, <laughs> yeah. and that's it. And there's no replays, and there, you know, crowd oh. shots, kiss cam, anything like that. <laughs> well, John, the one answer we did come up with is, I suppose you could make the argument that the Super Bowl is a unifying phenomenon. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Yeah, culturally, but, I would say. Bah. But the game is so damn dreadful and, and <laughs> violent and dangerous that the see baseball, pastoral, gentle. You know, George Carlin did a great bit about the yeah. difference between language and baseball and and football. But uh, fourth uh, least viewed in history, which is I think a bad sign for baseball. I do too. I really do. Yep. And uh, Downing made such a great point. Voting was a unifying phenomenon in America. Why? And, and we've talked about this. In, in just the last 10 years, why has so much emphasis been put on trying to fix a voting process that isn't broken? It's not broken. I grant you there are some uh, uh, people who can't get to the polling place, but uh, accommodations were available for that. Absentee ballots, legitimate now absentee ballots. No, it's just... You could have started voting in September. The I don't want to be inconvenienced ballot. Tens of millions of people in this country have already voted. But voting was a common 
cultural reference point in American life. Voting day. Wasn't it even true, John, that uh, bars were closed? As I recall, yes. Yeah. Really? I think you're correct. I whoa, remember. Whoa, whoa. That's on. why Halsey That's not... Hall always carried a flask. Yeah. Because when he was on the road, he said, you never know when you'll run into a local election. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He did. That's clever. Yeah. That's a true yeah. story. That's pretty yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> now it's just, uh, it, it's, it's not... It's not the singular unifying experience it once was. Can we ever get back to that? No, I don't think so. Uh, we always talk about pushback, but what's done is done, huh? Well, the only thing you can do uh, that most of us in, in this crew do, all of us in this crew do, we just vote on election day. Right. Yeah, it might be a little late tomorrow, too. Is that we? <laughs> well, you can, vote, you can vote after the— uh, we're gonna, Dang it. We're going to have Norm Coleman tomorrow. Uh, correct. Tom Hauser. Tom Hauser. We are going to review the 20th anniversary of Jesse Ventura's election. And I'm, I'm really working every possible angle well, to get the governor but here. But he's playing cat and mouse with us. Uh, we, we want him on. We've been trying to convince him to come on. But he's, he's, uh, he's withholding his uh, appearance. Wait a minute. I got it. Hmm. Rook, you have the ultimate trump card. What? You can tell him. We're finally getting Billy Pierce on. No, I'm not. I'm not going to mess at all. And uh, Billy Pierce is going to be there on the panel. Where well, you talked to the governor's son, right? I talked to Ty. Yeah, uh, for about 25 minutes last night. He's out in Washington D.C. and he has grown into a. Very, he's a very nice uh, guy. He's not a young man anymore. Yeah, he's in his. But late is he going to call his father on our behalf? Yes, he is. All right. And uh, and I believe that he is, and hopefully we'll be able to persuade him. Will Mr. Hauser bring with him his incredible list of everything that had to go right in order for Jesse to win? Uh, we will include that in our uh, our, our email to him, mm-hmm. saying bring as much info as you can because that was a crazy night. Well, mm-hmm. he, you know, he wasn't part of that in the book he wrote. I'm sure it was. The, yeah. So yeah. I'm sure he's got to. But memorize. it's been a while since I yeah, that's read true. it. Right. <laughs> uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, they uh, bars and liquor stores until 1985 could not be open on election day. Isn't that something? Wow. Yeah. Wow. I never really. I. I mean, of course, I wasn't drinking back then, but I never remember my old man complaining about that either. Well, he had to practice inventory management. He stocked yeah. up on yeah, Monday. That, that Schmidt Select in the basement refrigerator. The Fox Deluxe was uh, was an ample supply in that first Tuesday. Fox uh, Deluxe. We have a John, a couple of John Height news experiences today, don't we? Yes, sure. we do. Uh, we have a, a lot to cover, and uh, we'll see you in just a moment. 2,440,000 injured and 35,092 dead. Those are the National Safety Council injury facts from our nation's highways in 2015. Are you letting your emotions get the best of you? This isn't a Formula One race out here, people. Federated Insurance reminds us that these are much more than statistics. These are your family members, friends, and neighbors. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Do you get anxious when you're driving? Not really any need to. Do you yell or honk at other drivers that make you angry? That's emotions taking over. Don't let your emotions take control. Do you uh, try to retaliate to even the score for another driver's actions? That'll never serve you any good. Stop it. The National Safety Council reports that aggressive driving plays a role in 56% of fatal crashes, and emotions cause the aggressive driving. Don't become a statistic. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Make it home safe tonight. It's the end of the world as we know it. 
and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. Here is John Height. Thank you, Joe. A uh, couple brief sports notes before we move on. Uh, Bill Brown, the standout running back for the Vikings and a member of the team's Ring of Honor, died Sunday at the age of 80. Nicknamed, of course, Boom Boom, Brown made four Pro Bowls, played in three Super Bowls during his 13 seasons with the Vikings. Did they win any of those Super Bowls? No. Yeah, okay. He had a great coach hut. He did. He had the the classic. Right. The classic, the old I went on a trip with uh, Boom Boom, Lertzema, I don't know who else. Because they had a basketball team in the offseason. Oh, yeah, sure. They would play the local cops, right? Well, yeah. They, uh... Uh, they enjoyed themselves. Sure, I, I, was, I went with them to Lake City, and they—I can't even remember who they played, but it was paramount that they got to the liquor store before. <laughs> they, they probably never played on election, election day, day. Just put it that way, right? Okay, that's what you're saying. Great characters. Brown was 5'11", 230 pounds, a second-round pick in 1961 by the Bears out of the University of Illinois. Traded to the Vikings the following season for a fourth-round choice. Uh, Brown is fourth in team history in rushing with 5,700, a little over 5,700 yards, and touchdown 76. He led the team in rushing four times and receiving once even. And uh, in his first Pro Bowl season, he led the team in receiving 1964. And the family has donated his brain to science because he's been in a memory care unit for five years, and I'm sure he's got CTE or had CTE. And also Rich Gannon's father-in-law, I believe. In Mm -hmm. fact, Rich uh, had a really nice tweet uh, yesterday about Boom Boom. That was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Gophers, uh, if you missed it over the weekend, gave up 55 points to Illinois. And last night, uh, Sunday night, head coach P.J. Fleck fired defensive coordinator Rob Smith. That's the problem. (laughs) He's being replaced by defensive line coach Joe Rossi. He'll be the interim defensive coordinator. Smith was in the second year of a two-year $1.4 million contract, was making seven hundred grand. This season, uh, forget I forget who said this on social media, but someone had a great tweet that's saying, you know, if you take away that Illinois seventy-two yard run, the seventy-four yard run, the sixty-eight yard run, they would only have given up about a hundred yards rushing. It was very funny. Uh, news notes from today: that young driver was inhaling chemical vapors or huffing just prior to hitting and killing three Girl Scouts oh and a mother God. and critically injuring a fourth girl who had been picking up trash along a rural Wisconsin highway, police said Monday morning. 21-year-old Colton True sped off after the collision in Lake Halley Saturday morning but later surrendered. True was being held in the Chippewa County Jail on 13 possible charges, including four counts of intoxicated use of a motor vehicle. That, according to Chippewa County Sheriff Sergeant Robert Jensen, Blake Halley police said Monday, True and a passenger in the pickup truck both told investigators they had intentionally been inhaling chemical vapors just prior to the crash. Blake Halley police said Monday, the deceased are 9-year-old Jana Kelly, 10-year-old Autumn Helgeson, both of Blake Halley, 10-year-old Haley Hickel, and her 32-year-old mom, Sarah Jo Schneider, from the town of Lafayette. And the surviving girl hospitalized in Rochester still in critical condition. A lot of strange doings in that part of the world. Today's uh, marks what three weeks since the disappearance of Jamie Kloss and the murder of her her, her parents. Yeah, it's now uh, uh, featured prominently on the website of the New York Times. More than twenty one hundred tips have turned up nothing, and uh, Sheriff Chris Fitzgerald said uh, we have exhausted everything. We there's mm. we have we have exhausted every every lead, and uh, he doesn't have a clue, which is not to uh, 
not to de- uh, diminish his uh, no, policing not. abilities at all, but uh, the New York Times is on it because it's called Mystery in a Small Town. A quiet couple shot dead, their daughter missing. And uh, the New York Times gave this uh, quite the play uh, in the uh, on their website today. Uh, there's something haunting about uh, pastoral rural America uh, suddenly uh, thrown into the depths of a mystery like this. And uh, it's turned the town into a place now where they sure as hell lock their doors. Right. I bet Halloween was unnerving for a lot of parents. Uh-huh. I uh, I would also add to your uh, the first story about uh, the Girl Scouts. They really uh, that's a practice that should is should be avoidable. Uh, picking up trash on the highway or freeway. I think there's other places to do that. If my child were to be involved with that, I would just say Johnny's going to miss that You're day. Sitting that one out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that there's no reason. That's a great. I let the prisoners do that. Let the uh, you know the bad kids do it. Then we're willing to risk risk that, not the uh, not the Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts. But unfortunately, I, I completely agree with you, Rook, because it's. I mean, obviously, this kid was huffing vapors, but the textures, the you don't want your your kids in that situation. Well, and I'm not indicting a, these people by any means. No. Were they on a rural road? I, well, on a major highway. They were actually also on in a, in a gully, basically in a in a ditch. Oh. They weren't. Standing on the highway, mm-hmm. the guy just drove off the highway. Jesus, for no. Well, for, apparently there is a reason, but you know what I mean. Wow. Uh, tomorrow, what a, sh- what a shame. What a horrible, it's just a, horrible it's just story. A, but just, but look at that story. Internet. I mean, for God's sake, you can't even let your kid volunteer to pick up trash. Well, I never thought about it the way rookie was thinking about it, but now I agree with him. I'm, yeah. uh, that's. Don't don't uh-huh. bring the troops out there, uh, scouting troops, to pick up trash. Yep. Uh, as you uh, pointed out, Joe, if anybody didn't know, tomorrow is Election Day. Yes, it is, John. Deeply divided country going to the polls. All 435 seats in the U.S. House are up for re-election. 35 Senate seats are in play and almost 40 governorships. The balance of power in virtually every state legislature. Uh, while he's not on the ballot, President Trump himself acknowledging that the 2018 midterms could represent a referendum on his presidency. Um, Meanwhile, in Texas, Republican Senator Ted Cruz and Democratic Congressman Beto O'Rourke are working their way home at the end of one of the most closely watched races of the midterms. Cruz's last rally Monday set near his hometown of Houston. O'Rourke is heading to El Paso. Polls show a surprisingly tight race in Texas heading into those midterms. Texas already smashing turnout records even before Election Day. You talked about early voting, Joe. Mm -hmm. More than 4.8 million ballots have already been cast in Texas Alone. Okay, well, Rook just handed me this news release from the office of the Minnesota Secretary of State, Steve Simon. Mm-hmm. Secretary Simon announces more than 535,000 Minnesotans already voted. Simon said, early voter participation in Minnesota is at record levels. Let's go Team Minnesota. <laughs> Why is this celebratory? I, 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 I seriously know. need to understand. Somebody's got to help me understand this. Why is this celebratory? Well, and look at the second page. That kind of breaks it down. Why are we thrilled? Um... That's broken down here by county. You know. Hennepin County, uh, ballots accepted, 154,000. Mm-hmm. Do you get a sticker if you vote early? Yeah, but, yeah. I've actually seen them. I voted early, it okay. says. Yep. Oh, you get a different sticker. It says, I voted, oh, and then in little letters, cute. it's got early. Actually, this early voting is behind ballots accepted two years ago. Statewide really? right now, 540,000. Ballots accepted 2016, 568,000. Wow. Hennepin County, 154,764 right now in uh, 2016, 175,108. 
I, I don't understand why I'm supposed to be joyful about this. Do you have any clue? Absentee voting is was the way it used to be, correct? If you were a, a snowbird and you were running down to Florida yep. and you left in the middle of October, yep. you could fill out an absentee yep. ballot and right. put it in, correct? Yep. Right. Military, that kind of stuff. Yeah, okay. And here. So what has changed is the fact that we really don't want to inconvenience you, so we're going to give you the early voting privilege because basically you're too lazy to or don't want to come out on Tuesday. Much like we don't want to inconvenience you eating lunch because you have blue cheese on your face. Right. He's right saying now. Er, uh, Simon is saying early <laughs> Simon is saying early voter participation in Minnesota is at record levels and he's he's absolutely beaming about this. Uh, well, listen to this. Simon you, says you know, Simon says vote. Those four point eight million ballots in Texas mm-hmm. that surpasses the total turnout of the 2014 midterms oh in Texas. So they had more early ones this year than they had total wow. in 2014. And I don't know what that means. Does that mean Beto O'Rourke is going to upset Cruz? I have no idea. No idea. Rook, we're not kidding. You got blue, you cheese, blue on cheese on your face. On your face. Okay, I do? Yeah. Just checking. There you uh, go. Other election but, news. You go out with Rookie, you don't need a menu. You just look at his shirt. <laughs> yep. What'd you have? I had the blue cheese. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, in Georgia, uh, Brian Kemp, the Georgia Secretary of State and Republican candidate for governor, has faced accusations for a while now that he's trying to suppress minority voting in his race against Stacey Abrams. Uh, on Sunday, apparently uh, he is accusing Democrats, uh, he says they're under investigation for trying to hack the state's voter registration files, but he could supply no evidence to indicate why he was saying that. Democrats immediately denounced the claim as bogus, called it an abuse of power. Controversy over voting rights and the basic mechanics of Georgia's electoral process has roiled one of the nation's biggest races. He's locked in a tight contest with Abrams, the Democratic nominee who would become the first African-American woman to lead any state if she wins. For weeks, she's been accusing him of trying to suppress the minority vote, calling for him to step aside as Secretary of State since he is the gubernatorial candidate. He has declined to do that while facing allegations, uh, calling allegations of suppression. A farce. Rook, while John is doing his news, call Ben, uh, Ben Paddock, who is the spokesman for Secretary of State Steve Simon. Uh, you have the number. Uh, maybe he'll uh, join us. I, I, I'm asking, I think. You want re- the Secretary of State on, correct? No, I'll take his or spokesman. Ben? Okay. Uh, I want to know the root cause of the celebratory idea that we've managed as a Secretary of State's office to get so many people to vote early. I I want to know what's behind that. I think okay. I can tell you what he'll say. Yeah. He'll say it means more people are taking part in the process. That's what he'll say. Okay. Then I would have some follow-up questions to that. There you go. Yeah. I uh, tend to stay out of the politics and whatnot, but yesterday yeah, I— Yeah, way to go. I saw I, uh, this. I stirred up the hornet's nest <laughs> a tad. Uh, a tad. Um, uh. Well, here's what sent me over the edge. It's the Angie Craig ad. And again, I don't care who wins, Lewis or her, whatever. Well, you should. Uh, I'm amazed at your lack of interest. I like Jason. Well, I'd like I, what I'm saying is it's not going to affect my life either way. Okay. Well, well yes. Hold it, on. Yes, Let me will. get to my point. Let me get to my point. <laughs> but the political ads, I know we're all tired of them. But the one of her going to the pub and having a couple beers with the... F- Please. Yeah. You are unreachable 365 days out of the year. Quit being such a fraud. And you tweeted that, and I did. and you got a little oh, uh, oh little yeah, static. I that. sure did. I was uh, I was trending. 
Lowe's is closing some stores. The home improvement chain said Monday that locations are underperforming and the decision will help the hardware chain focus on what they call their most profitable stores. They'll shut down 20 stores in the U.S. The only closing here in Minnesota will be a Lowe's in Mankato on Bassett Drive. One of us worked at that Lowe's for about three days. Really? In college. (laughs) Amazon is following Target, temporarily dropping the minimum amount shoppers need to spend to qualify for free shipping. Typically, Amazon shoppers need to spend 25 bucks to qualify for free shipping or else pay the $119 a year for a Prime membership. Amazon's offer, which started Monday, applies to hundreds of millions of items and on orders that arrive in time for Christmas. Shoppers who aren't Prime members will get slower shipping, though, which can take five to eight days. Retailers are competing hard for holiday shoppers who increasingly expect fast shipping. That's free. Target dropped its minimum purchase amount last week, offering free two-day shipping on hundreds of thousands of items until December. So how much of a difference will this make? They're gonna is that just that much more that they're gonna make? In you other know, words, you know who'll ship you your present? Ooh. Mike Lindell. If oh. you order a MyPillow mattress topper, of course you're going to get it shipped to you, including two pillows. Now, Mike is the inventor of MyPillow, but he's got a great deal now for GL listeners. Uh, he's offering GL listeners a My uh, a mattress topper. Uh, this is good through uh, now through December 31st. Uh, 30% off any size MyPillow mattress topper, and you'll get two MyPillow standard pillows when you enter the promotional code GL at checkout. This will save you a lot of money if you think you're going to have to spend thousands of dollars on a mattress. Uh, go to MyPillow.com, click on the mattress topper button on the home page, and enter the promotional code GL at checkout. Sleep better soon. Get yourself a MyPillow mattress topper. A couple of Halloween follow stories. A Florida woman arrested and charged with neglect of a child after her six-year-old son got lost trick-or-treating alone. Wasn't found until 1030 on Halloween night. The young boy was found wandering a half a mile away from his Nakoma Trail home. His mom, 38-year-old Jessica King, allowed him out until 8 p.m. on Halloween, but the child didn't have a watch with him or any other way to tell time. King, who lives in Maitland, told law enforcement she sent the boy his uh, out on his own because she was ill and had fallen asleep, so didn't realize he wasn't home yet. My God. Okay. The youngster was discovered by a man and a woman who noticed him dressed as an astronaut. While he was aware of his address, he did not know his route back home and told the strangers he'd been out alone, quote, since the sun was out. He added that his parent was resting. How old was the child? Six. They stopped off at a house to give the child water as he complained uh, of being thirsty. The pair took, uh, told law enforcement that when they took him home afterward, King seemed unfazed by her child being alone. When cops questioned mom about whether she thought it was a good idea for her child to be out alone, she told them she guessed not. Folks, this is why we're in trouble as a country, not because of who the president is. I, uh, I agree. We're in, we're in trouble because of a lack of moral and ethical integrity. Uh, ranging from My uh, God. a moron in uh, Wisconsin huffing and mowing down Girl Scouts to a woman this stupid that doesn't really seem to realize that what danger her kid was placed in. Fourteen staff members employed by an Idaho school district have been placed on administrative leave after donning controversial Halloween costumes. Photos of Milton Heights Elementary staff wearing Halloween costumes depicting a border wall that read, Make America Great Again, along with other teachers dressed in stereotypical Mexican outfits surfaced on social media. The photos, which were initially posted on the school district's Facebook page, caused outrage but have since been deleted. Screenshots of the images are still circulating on social media. Middleton School District School Board released a statement saying that type of behavior is not tolerated in their schools. The costumes were part of a 
team-building activity after school hours, according to the district. The district superintendent, Dr. Josh Middleton, also took to social media in a video on Friday to apologize. You'll want to keep that horn ready here. Okay. <laughs> uh, he said, I was shown those photos and was deeply troubled by the decision by our staff members to wear those costumes that are clearly insensitive and inappropriate. Ooh, Duluth double. Yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> you guys aware that... Uh, the Green Line claimed another pedestrian? No. I Friday? I don't think the person is dead. Uh, it's a man struck at university in Dunlap just after 3 o'clock Friday afternoon, taken by ambulance to Regents Hospital. Uh, he was in a crosswalk. Huh. The eastbound train saw him, sounded the horn, boom. Uh, I have no sympathy. I'm sorry. Well, was he wearing headphones? I don't or? know. You get hit by a train, it's your fault. Well, especially right. it sounds its horn and, yeah. and you still get yeah, hit. Yeah, you can't. Like horn... Uh, take your headphones off if you I don't know that he had headphones on. I don't know anything about it because reporting isn't what it used to be. I'm not trying to make a joke. Was he hearing impaired? I don't know. I don't know. Could be. But, you know, if he had sight, he could still prevent this. Yeah, but if you're looking down a one-way street, you know, because out front here, you're only looking one way for traffic until you cross the tracks. Well, you're the only guy I know who can come up with an excuse for this idiot to have been <laughs> hit sorry. by a train. Yes. You're right. I'm God sorry. Almighty. Chris is trying hard. God God almighty. I'm going to sit the next point out. Chris is trying to give the guy every break. Mm-hmm. Uh, University of Minnesota is home to a nationally ranked team that doesn't practice on a quarter field, but instead on the virtual battlefield of popular computer game Overwatch. <laughs> yes, guys. <laughs> Let's do this. Leroy Jenkins! <laughs> <laughs> Minnesota Daily reports the university's Overwatch team is currently in its preseason, competing against other schools like Arizona State University and Texas Tech University. The team is practicing for eSports company TESPA's Overwatch Collegiate Championship Tournament, which awards winners with scholarship money. Players competed for over $120,000 in scholarships wow. last year. The championship tournament won't be held until spring of next year. Uh, during preseason, team members play two matches every Sunday and practice. You ready? Practice between two and five hours each oh. week. Do you know that St. Paul's trash collection uh, might have turned a committed lefty into at least approaching garage logicianship? I'm going to tell you <laughs> I think about I know it. What you're talking I'm going to tell you about it in a moment. The old cell phone got a workout yesterday from people texting me to make sure I read, and they were all outraged people who got a hold of me, to make sure I read a story in the Pioneer Press uh, that at first glance is terribly unnerving, uh, but upon closer examination is less unnerving. Here, I'll explain myself. Okay. Uh, while preparing for an upcoming trip, former state lawmaker Michael Paymar asked his new trash hauler how to go about pausing garbage collection at his home in St. Paul. Got it. Now, Paymar served in the legislature for 18 years. Lefty. I right? remember him. Right. But he's he's right on point here. He's right on point. Uh, apparently, his new hauler is advanced disposal. Mm-hmm. And when they learned that he wanted his uh, uh, 
uh, collection suspended. I presume what he's trying to save a few bucks. Look, yeah. I'm going to be out of town for this for these dates. Don't don't bother stopping. Right. And well, Advanced Disposal sent him a form asking for his dates of travel as well as a copy of an airline ticket, hotel receipt, oh. or a doctor's note. I saw this. I, 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 there was even an option to provide a letter from a school registrar. Who knows what that means, said Paymar. What business is it of the trash hauler if I were going to get health care anywhere in the country? A doctor or clinic has ha- has to send a letter to you that then goes to the trash company? Who knows who was looking at that information? That's personal. In fact, the form listed several ways to prove he would be out of town on the days he said he'd be gone. All of them too personal for his liking, Paymar said. Yeah. Absolutely. Paymar added that he's spoken to other residents who have received the same form from other haulers, and they too have refused to submit the required documents. Now they're taking their complaints to City Hall. I think what uh, I think what got into the craw of a lot of people who texted me is that they read it too quickly and they assumed this was the uh, this was the role of the state here that somehow the city was uh, enabling Requiring. Uh, enabling these. Uh, let me cut to the chase. The city has nothing to do with this. Uh, this is the work of the haulers themselves. This wasn't anything agreed to, apparently, when the city reached uh, contracts with uh, with the variety of haulers now serving the city. Uh, uh, reached by phone, uh, Lee Johnson, a regional operations manager for Advanced Disposal, said she would ask a company spokeswoman to return a reporter's call. Organized trash collection rolled out on October 1st. Uh, on Thursday morning, in response to a social media inquiry from data privacy and government transparency advocate Rich Neumeister of St. Paul, officials with St. Paul Public Works tweeted that the requested medical or travel information isn't something that the city agreed to in its contract. So it's something the haulers are have dreamed up. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, let me pause here. A lot of times I've been gone for a week. Yep. Well, the bin just doesn't go out. I don't expect the I don't I don't expect the reduction in what I have to pay. Uh, so, so if you're if you're calling your hauler and saying, "Look, I'm going to be in Florida for two weeks. Uh, don't pick me up." Are you doing so to save whatever that two weeks prorated would cost you? That would be my guess. I've never done that before. Either have I. Uh, but I know that if I called. Uh, Highland Sanitation, which they they would not require these documents. They would say, "Okay, you're stopping for two weeks. Thanks, see ya." But I never, I never did. I just assumed that if my bin isn't out there, uh, just go to the next house. It's no big deal, and I'm still going to get the bill, whatever it is. Maybe am my, I being am I being uh, uh, too casual with my money? Maybe it never Michael occurred is, to me in the last. Uh, it's never occurred to me yeah. in forty years. Of saying, geez, you know, they're not going to pick it up next week. I wonder if I can get uh, a few bucks off my bill. It's never occurred to me. Right. What Highland- and it really wouldn't occur to me now if these people want to see my medical records. Are you kidding me? Right. The hell with you. No, in fact, now I remember what Highland usually says to me is, hey, you're three months behind. We'll just give you the credit for what's uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll that right off your... You're closer to being current. I mean, if you're going to be gone for six months, I can yes. see it. yes. A couple of weeks, a month. The handlers handle all service holds, St. Paul Public Works said. The city has not approved the form that some haulers are using. If you get denied for a service hold for not providing their required information, you can appeal to the city by contacting us. 
It's unclear if all the haulers now use the same extended absence form. Uh, Lisa Hebert, a spokeswoman for Public Works, said that per the contract, the city can review a denial of service hold and work with the haulers to get valid service holds resolved. I have no idea what the hell this is. This is ridiculous. Not one single solitary citizen of St. Paul should be required to provide that kind of personal information to anyone, much less your trash hauler. Right. Uh, you think that might turn Pamara around? Well, he, he pushed back a little bit, but uh, maybe not as much as we would we'd want him to. John, did you have to call your city when you fell into your trash bin? Did you have to let them Come know? Come get me out? Come get me out of it, yeah. <laughs> At stpaul.gov slash garbage, listed under additional services, the city of St. Paul's website describes how residents can appeal denials of extended absence requests to St. Paul Public Works, but that raises deeper privacy concerns in Paymar's eyes. That means that the form is now sent to someone at Public Works. If that form is now at the city, it's public data, Paymar said. That means any company or any person can have access to it. It's just not private any longer. I, I find this amazing. After numerous phone calls to his trash hauler, a regional manager for advanced disposal informed Paymar that if he didn't submit the completed extended absence form in full, haulers would continue to visit his house during his travels, even if there was no garbage can to collect, and he'll be charged on his property taxes. See you. Are you kidding me? No. This is beyond the pale. To me, it's just gross negligence on the city's part. He added a lot of people are going to fill that form out because they think it's expected. Paymar hopes the city negotiates an alternative to the form with the remaining haulers, but he is not optimistic. If the contract is silent on how to handle extended absences, the city might have a little legal recourse. Paymar discussed his concerns at length with St. Paul Public Works Director Kathy Lantry and Assistant City Attorney Rachel Tierney. I said, Rachel, look, I don't know how you can say that they're violating the contract, but there's no language in the contract about obtaining personal data from people. Uh... Then she said, well, we're working on that. So we have uh, made uh, complex two extremely easy activities. Isn't that something? Isn't that Voting something? and trash pickup. Yep. We've comp made that comp so complex you have to show documentation. We have fixed two things that haven't been broken. <laughs> wow. Things are good here, huh? Things must be pretty good. Not to mention now, remember, that with the city taking over trash hauling in St. Paul— uh, there's a new 25 buck a year tax that they're calling a, an administration fee. Yeah. I, 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 I shared the amazement of people who wanted me to be sure that I read that. But again, it doesn't sound like the city is, is, has dreamed this up. The, the haulers who uh, you know, are safeguarding their purse are saying, are you really, uh, really going to be gone for uh, six months? And it's not a result of the city saying we require you to ask these. Apparently of not. Apparently not. But it's still outlandish, isn't it? It's just oh, amazing. It, it, they they probably wouldn't be doing that um, uh, six months ago. No, I told you it's never occurred to me in the, in the forty years I was with Highland Sanitation. If I was hell, I used to go to spring training and be gone a month. Mm. I, I just paid the bill. It never occurred to me to call Highland and say, hey, uh, let's strike. I sh probably should have, to tell you the truth. Yeah, give him a buzz back. Maybe they'll give you a month's credit. No, I don't no. think so. That's all right. That's That's, all. That, that ship has sailed. I think so. All I right. think it has. That trash hauler has already gone bye-bye is that's, what you're telling that's me. That's right. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Okay.
I have no reason yet to complain about my new one, uh, Pete's. I mean, they might be great. I, I oh, no it sounds idea. like a good rubbish hauler. Uh, I, at least I got another family outfit. Right. Right. Is it is it Pete's trash, Pete's rubbish? Pete's rubbish. That's a rubbish. What, what are the word rubbish? My dad used to say rubbish. That's an old term, isn't it? You know how you said you couldn't? How much time do I have to talk here? You got 35 seconds. You remember how I said uh, I couldn't listen to Foil's War because I couldn't understand the language? Yeah. And you said you had to lay off Peaky Blinders? Yeah. We've gotten emails from as far away as uh, Bulgaria saying that we're morons. All you got to do is turn on the closed caption and you get the printed words. Oh. Downing uh, let us know that and uh, uh, David Bliss from Sofia, Bulgaria. Are they uh, trying to tell us a smarter way to turn it off, too? Well, there's just... a. You just listen to the. I'll, I'll see you in another minute. Okay, here. we're coming back. More Garage Logic.